1: Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit robblack.com, robblack.com, powered by E.P. Wealth. Always one of my favorite days when we have CFP Chad Burton on the show. He is a certified financial planner. He and I have worked together in financial media for roughly 20 to 25 years in that time frame. Um, Great relationship, and it's fun watching him grow and how he handles the financial planning world him and i also do a series of events together um, where we do retirement planning seminars wealth creation and a new one that's coming up tied towards the seven tests of retirement readiness Uh, it's the next seminar it's in foster city october 28th at the crown plaza so it's a daytime which should be a little bit easier on the traffic um thanks for being here chad let's get into our content today shall we yeah let's do it Let's do it. I like the attitude. Um, And for the record, people can sign up for the event at chadburton.com. That's C-H-A-D-B-U-R-T-O-N.com or roblackshow.com. Chad, this is the time of year where people start to think about year-end tax planning. Yep. Last uh, quarter of the year. We've waited till the very end. Let's talk about gifting to family and charity. Um, If people have a large estate, what are some of the rules that we need to know about with gifting?
2: well yeah and and part of this before people start gifting is you know they need to do a long term cash flow projection with conservative rates return, decent rates of inflation um and realize how much they're gonna pay in taxes as they draw out of their retirement account. so one of the the seven tests we talk about is just to you know can you pass the the basic cash flow projection? do you have enough money to last till age one hundred, and if you have more than you need or you're you know trying to help friends and family or charities? then you start to think about gifting. And so if we talk about gifting first to individuals, you can gift to as many people as you want. But as soon as you go over $17,000 to a gift to a single person, Rob, you have to file a gift tax return. And that sounds scary, right? Because gift tax return, it, it people assume you pay a tax, but you don't really pay a tax. You just file a tax a gift tax return that says, okay... IRS, I know that as of today's law, um, I can pass on $12.92 million to my heirs without paying any federal estate tax. And so if you decide to gift 17000 to an individual, if you gift over that, you have to file the amount over that. Notifying the IRS is I'm using some of that $12.92 million now. And the reason why this is important, Rob, is because as of the all of the stuff that was passed in 2017, all of the tax codes that we talk about that you know help retirees with Roth conversions and other items like that, everything expires in 2026, and that 12.92 million is set to drop down to somewhere around seven and a half to eight million dollars. Um, so, so people that are wealthier are saying, okay, I might take advantage of this higher amount and start gifting. A couple of things to note when you, if you want to gift somebody, maybe you're trying to help them with their education or healthcare costs. If you give directly to say a hospital or a college, right? If you pay the tuition directly, you can go over that $17,000 limit without having to file a gift tax return. Um, But why do people gift to get their estates below this number of 12.92 million single or double that if you're married? It's because estate tax can run up to 40% on the amount over that where the government just says, Oh, you, you, you are too successful. You created too much wealth. We're going to just take some of it back and, you know, use it real wisely. Right.
1: I've been doing that exact strategy in the last few years. um, And I didn't know that there was changes in the numbers of how much Mm -hmm. I'm going to be allowed to do, but it's also part of my estate plan. In theory, later in life, I could say, you know, I've already given to my kids. I don't, Yep. Um, I can give it to charities or if I see that they're underachieving, if I see they're overachieving, I can, you know, tinker with the numbers a little bit. So it's been helpful for me. And your Brad CFP, Brad, um, he calls me every year. And he reminds me of, are you doing this or not? So I like the CFP relationship. Um, and, and I didn't, didn't know about that. You can pay for school. That's good to know. Cause my, um, how shall we say expensive on that? Cause I've got a kid in private school right now. And, uh, mathematical match there or not but let's talk a little bit about um wealthy individuals chad what happens if you want to exceed that seventeen thousand by a lot um because there are some people that have big chunks of money out there
2: yep yeah so one of the ways to do it let's say your grandparents and um you want to help grandkids with college education you got a newborn grandchild um you can do, first of all, as a married couple, Rob, you can do 34,000, right? 17,000 each person. So a married couple could go and give 34,000 to anybody they want to. If you want to exceed that, if it's for your kids or grandkids for education, you can do five years worth of that number in a 529 plan, 529 college savings account where the money grows tax free and index funds for kids education. Um, you can do five years worth of that gift. Uh, and you still control the asset, even though after five years, it's outside of your estate. So that's a really good one. When you go beyond that for wealthy individuals, let's say you're trying to get a bunch of money out of your estate for your children or even your grandchildren. But you don't know how they're going to turn out financially. It's a little scary, right? Like, OK, once the gift is gone, it's it's, it's theirs. Yep. Well, some of the ways to have control over that are things like uh, GST, Generation Skipping Trusts. Um, there's certain other names for it, but where you set up money in an in an account, um, but you maintain the trustee situation. So you control when the money actually gets distributed. And at a certain age, you could have uh you can have a professional trustee, right? Or if you're gone, a professional trustee in place that makes sure the kid doesn't spend money too fast. Or you can wait till they're a certain age. Like I like to choose around 45 or so where the child can eventually become their own trustee. And that way they've kind of gotten through the, their, you know, building a financial life, understanding money. They've probably gone through their first divorce by that age, right? And that's the where you potentially could lose half of family wealth if you don't pass it on to the next generation the right way. Um, so that's an option. A lot of times when you get into, especially a second marriage situation, where you have somebody coming into the relationship with a lot of assets, um, and kids from separate marriages. And you're trying to say, okay, I want to protect my, my spouse if I pass away early, but whatever's left over, I want to make sure that goes to my children. You can set up things like, uh, slats, spousal lifetime access trusts where you gift money into a trust for your spouse. They can take income while they're alive as long as they live, but whatever's left over and they can't draw out too fast, but whatever's left over will go to your children. Um, so there's, there's those there. wealthy individuals
1: that's all good news um and again like it's pretty dynamic for something that a lot of what you deal with is static seems i'm not going to say there's a lot of wiggle room but it it feels like there's options is that fair to say
2: it is and every option has things to consider like for a lot of times people will say all right i'm going to gift um you know highly appreciated assets into one of these trusts eventually for my kids to avoid a 40 percent estate tax But what you're trading that off with is your kids inherit your cost basis. So eventually they'll pay the capital gains tax potentially. So there's always, okay, what am I, here's a, there's an opportunity, but there's an opportunity cost. So there's a lot of planning and tax analysis that goes into these things.
1: Thanks, Chad. We're going to keep you around for the whole hour of the show. Seven tests of retirement readiness, Rob Black and Chad Burton, Saturday, October 28th. Um, one of our last two events of the year, 10 to noon, Crown Plaza, Foster City. What a location. It's got a great sports bar there. It's easy to get to from the East Bay. It's easy to get to from the peninsula. It's easy to get to from San Francisco. It really, really works. Seven Tests of Retirement Readiness and Happiness. October 28th. Sign up at ChadBurton.com or RobloxShow.com. Think you're in good shape for retirement? Find out how you're really doing with the seven tests of
3: retirement readiness. Join Rob Black and CFP Chad Burton of EP Wealth Advisors Saturday, October 28th in San Mateo. They'll walk you through these seven tests to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want. Rob will provide timely commentary and Chad will share specific strategies for taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, and more. If you have at least $500,000 in investable assets and want to retire better, Pass on your estate and minimize taxes. This event is for you. Find out if you're on the right track with the seven tests of retirement readiness, Saturday, October 28th, 10 a.m. to noon at the Crown Plaza in San Mateo. Space is limited, so sign up today at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Can you pass all seven
1: tests? Sign up today online at robblackshow.com. During the break, I was telling Chad that over the years he's become better and better as a guest on the show i think we work really well together uh, but i think he's carrying the load of the content if you want to hear his content sans me you can check out his podcast new focus on wealth um you can find it at his website chadburton.com you can find it at apple or spotify where you find your podcasts and hopefully in the 2024 he and i will do something unique not on radio, podcast only, one hour, no commercials kind of event. Uh, I'm trying to drag him into it. So CFP, Chad Burton, is with EP Wealth, as am I. Uh, we're doing an event October 28th in San Mateo at the Crown Plaza. It is a seven retirement readiness tests, um, i.e., are you ready or not? And I think that's a big psychological, um, Chad, isn't it? As you see clients 55 turn 60, 65, and do they continue working or not? Are they ready or not is the idea, right?
2: Oh yeah. I mean, one of the seven tests is having a plan because it's like the people, you know, I say this all the time and and you got to remember I got into the business at 19. So I was in, started with my grandfather who was 60 at the time, 62 at the time. And so his clients were even older than him. So I was thrown into this world of, of, you know, retirement distribution strategies, estate planning, long-term care planning, you know, what happens if somebody goes into a nursing home and how's the other spouse going to afford to live, and, you know, I, I quickly noticed the issues of, you know, who, who was really busy doing things like uh, volunteering, you know, grandkids, uh, golfing all the time, tennis all the time, which is now pickleball, which is, you know, caught fire all over the world. It was really fun, by the way. Um, so all, all the people that said that they were always so busy were always the happiest. The people that retired with no hobbies, um, their entire social network in the office, uh, you know, going from 60, 70 hours a week to suddenly I don't have a job anymore. Um, those are the ones that struggle the most in retirement. And they they tend to see their health decline even more if they're not really focused on health and community and the sense of belonging to a different phase of life. So a lot of people have more trouble transition than they do being an empty nester all of a sudden um, or even a divorce situation in some cases.
1: I didn't think about that. So I'm going to have a tough time transitioning because mm-hmm. since I was 14, all I've done is work. Um, pickleball and e-bikes, the number one and number two uh, cause for visits to emergency rooms, Chad, just throwing that down there. You're giving advice to people. Pickleball, to pickleball. is too. Huh? Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs>
2: well, I always talk about when we talk about health and fitness, which is a, a big passion of mine, hopefully, you know, when we start doing more you know, pure podcasts is I'd love to get into that side more. It's just such an important part of my life. Um, but I keep reading study after study. is is first of all, cardio, just doing cardio running every day is not good for you. I don't care what you say or how good you look now. It pumps cortisol into your system. And, um, it's, it's, you know, I can point to a couple of even in my client base of people that looked really healthy, but passed away of heart issues. Um, and they were chronic runners. And so when it comes to health and fitness, it's first of all, eat really well. You know, anti-inflammatory diet because inflammation causes so many issues when it comes to health care, you know, whether it's tied to your gut or to cancer or whatever it may be, move a lot more. But um, you still have to lift weights at least once or twice a week um in retirement for that bone density. You know, most of the issues that we have in the United States are from people sitting too much and, um, you know, weak bone structure and everything else, where if you look at other countries, they're they're sitting on the floor more. They're moving constantly. They're walking up and down stairs. Um, and then, you know, play. They, then they talk about, you know, having a hand-eye coordination situation, whether it's golf or a, a racket sport like tennis or pickleball, riding a bike and swimming. So if you kind of alternate your, your workouts in retirement, but especially, you know, keep that bone structure with lifting weights, it's all very important because you want to be able to enjoy retirement. If you go in unhealthy and you don't concentrate on your health, you can have all the money in the world and just be miserable dealing with your health problems all the time. And I've seen it over and over again throughout the 30 years I've been doing this. And so I'm more focused now. I don't mind delaying retirement a little bit, right? I would rather make sure I have the experiences, travel, kids, you know, skiing and all that kind of stuff now. And I'll even delay my retirement, but it's part of my plan. It's part of my cash flow projections. Um, So it's, you know, it's more of a a lifestyle planning, I guess, than how much do I have to retire at 65? okay let's leave. I'm done. Maybe that's not the right choice for you.
1: You're going to be the cool guy in the retirement home. You're going to be like lifting uh, weights and going on jogs and getting the cardio going and uh, getting everyone talking about your youth and crazy sports that you did. So you'll be the fun one. I'll be the boring one. I'll be in the wheelchair. (laughs) You'll be the guy leading the parade. So let's get back to charitable thoughts uh, because this does tie into retirement uh well. Um I, I think we kind of left off with GST trust and slats. Um if you want to exceed that 17%. So let's move on to charitable gifts. I think sure, that's next yeah. up. Um what do we need to know?
2: Yeah, I mean this is the type of year, right? Where you get all these campaigns in the mail where that's right. Um, you know, you, people really want to try to get their their charitable goals when, if they work for a charity, you know, funded towards the end of the year, when people start to give, especially around, um, you know, November and the giving days, and even at EP wealth, we fund a donor advised fund, and each region gets to figure out which charities they want to donate to, which is really fun. Um, at an individual level, if you're giving to charity or even just tithing to your church, if you're over 70 and a half, the new required minimum distribution age is 73, but if is even if you're over 70 and a half at all, you have the ability to give up to $100,000 from your IRA to your favorite charity, your favorite nonprofit organization, 503C. Um, and what that does is it takes money that's in an IRA that has never been taxed, and it goes to charity. You don't pay taxes on it. The charity doesn't pay taxes on it. So most people over 70 and a half should be looking at doing their charitable gifts with their IRA money. Um, Custodians like Fidelity or Schwab, you can either do it through a form called a a qualified charitable distribution form, or you can even have a checkbook on your IRA where you're donating small checks to charity. The issue with that is is the custodians don't report on that, Rob. So you have to be very careful keeping records with your tax return. So over 70 and a half, you know, look at your IRA and people that are under that want to give to charity You know, there's cash options, obviously, but if you are giving amounts over five hundred grand and or five hundred thousand five hundred dollars rather, giving appreciated stock or using a donor advised fund, which we can talk about, you know, in the next break, is usually the best way to go, so that you can avoid paying taxes on gains on highly appreciated stock and benefit your charity.
1: The term donor advised fund is probably new to a lot of our audience. We'll hit that a little bit more in color. But the seven tests of retirement, readiness and happiness coming up Saturday, October 28th in San Mateo at the Crown Plaza, 10 to noon. Sign up at Chadburton.com or RobBlackShow.com. What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at RobBlack.com. That's RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. It's rare that I get CFP Chadburton for... Oh, time on the air so when i do i always like to get to it we do have an event coming up october 28th in the bay area san mateo kind of really a perfect location because it's right next to the bridge or a bridge um, which will put you easy to get to from the east bay from the south bay anywhere on the peninsula san francisco Marin. super easy location to get it out of some test of retirement readiness and happiness he throws in that happiness I think most of us are like, we'll figure out happiness. You just tell us if we're ready to retire. But seven tests go over taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, health and wellness, and much, much more. If you have at least 500,000 investable assets, this event is for you. This event is for me. Through the 20-plus years of doing this with Chad, I'm now starting to get to the age where I have to think about these things. I cannot delay any longer. You can sign up for the event at roblackshow.com or chadburton.com. While you're at chadburton.com, you can also uh, fill out a form, and he'll contact you and help uh, review your readiness already before you show up for the event. You can find where his podcast is, New Focus on Wealth with CFP, Chad Burton. His website has lots of downloadables. That, again, is chadburton.com. So, Chad, you brought up DAF, DAF, and that's yeah. a term you've kind of slipped into in the last few years that – A lot of us weren't like what's that Um, sure yeah give us a little more color on that
2: yeah donor advised fund and um so schwab has one fidelity has one and and let's talk about why this is so important first so let's just go back and talk about charitable gifts in general we talked about if you're over 70 and a half giving directly from your ira to avoid taxes on on that money in your ira and the charity doesn't pay taxes but most people when they're when they're giving to charity they're either going to write a check or donate appreciated stock Right, so there's there's cash. You can donate appreciated stock, real estate, whatever it may be, to your favorite charity. The first thing you have to ish, look about look at is your tax return. And this has changed for a lot of people when, um, you know, in 2017, where all of a sudden people in California and Oregon, people that pay state income taxes, they used to be able to deduct all of their state income taxes on their federal return. And so you used to be able to say, "Oh, what's my home mortgage interest? What's my all of my state, you know, property taxes and income taxes?" And they would itemize their deductions. Well, most people refinance their mortgage down to you know sub three uh, percent, and then all of a sudden the IRS said, "No, you can only deduct up to ten thousand dollars of your state taxes." So then all of a sudden a lot of people went from itemizing their deductions back deduction because everybody gets a standard deduction on their tax return or they itemize if their itemized deductions are more. So it's one or the other. And so a lot of times people are giving money to charity, but because of the limitations on state and local income taxes on their itemized deductions, they're actually not able to deduct some of it. So the other day I looked at a return where people were giving $15,000 to charity almost every year, but the first $10,000 was just getting them from the normal standard deduction into the itemized deduction. So they were really only able to write off five grand a year and they thought they were getting a tax deduction on all of it. They didn't, they didn't understand that because people give all of their information to their tax person and then they just get a return back and they, there's not a lot of conversation very often. So when you are giving money to charity, um, the first thing you can think about is, so let's say I have some Apple stock, I paid 10 bucks for it, um, It's it's gone way up in value. Rather than giving cash, you can find out the charity's brokerage firm, and you can transfer shares of Apple stock in kind over to that charity. And you get the deduction, and then the charity can sell the stock and they don't pay taxes at all. So that capital gain is just wiped out. Nobody pays the tax on it. And then you can take your cash and you can buy the stock back if you want and upgrade your cost basis and decrease your future taxes. Um So if you're doing that kind of a, an approach, giving a highly appreciated stock to your charity, and you're all of a sudden listening to this and looking at your tax return and saying, Oh my gosh, I am only taking a You know, standard deduction, or I'm losing, I'm not being able to deduct all of my gifts. You can say, Hey, look, I'm giving $15,000 a year. I'm going to do that for the next 10 years at least. That's $150,000. So you could take $150,000 of highly appreciated Apple stock, open a donor advised fund at say Fidelity or Schwab. You transfer the shares in kind into that donor advised fund and you get a deduction for that. And you can use, That deduction, you can use 30% of that, uh, or you can use that deduction up to 30% of your adjusted gross income. So sometimes you might take a couple of years to write it off and you have to calculate how much is the right amount to give every year. But they're able to write off the entire gift, $150,000 gift into the donor advised fund. Um, So they get the deduction. The money goes into the donor advice fund. You're the in control of that. So you could sell all the stock totally tax-free, reinvest it in a balanced portfolio and dole the money out to your favorite charities over any time frame you want. You don't have to give anything out right now. You could give 10,000 this year, next year you could give 20,000 out of the account. You could dole it out in any way shape or form or you could wait forever, you know, for a long time before you give it out. So it's essentially front-running and pre-funding your long-term charitable intent so you can get a large tax deduction this year, right? So um, in the scenario that we were talking about before... This, this couple that I was working with, it was their last year of work. They were about to retire and they were in a very high tax bracket. They had high income. They had a whole bunch of RSUs that vested at work that was allowing them to retire. And they were giving about $15,000 a year, but they they didn't have much of a mortgage. And so when they were giving 15 grand a year, I showed them on their return that, look, you're the first 10,000 only gets you to the itemized deduction. So you're really only getting an deduction for 5K a year. So they were able to take 150000 of this Apple stock. that had a $10,000 basis. They transferred it to the donor advised fund. They diversified it. Uh, they're gifting whenever they want. And it saved them, in their case, $63,000 in taxes that year wow. by doing that. And it didn't mean they gave it all away to charity immediately. They're still in control of that. Um, so we often do this with people that when they're in retirement, will couple that well let's say you're in retirement your your income taxes aren't that high anymore but you still have these charitable gifts and because of income limits and everything else it's you, you know people either aren't being able to deduct it or they're giving so much away that they're it's it's above what you're allowed to take every year so one of the things you can do if you're retired and you say I want to leave Roth IRA money to my kids or create a Roth IRA account you can make your large donor advice fund gift And then you can take a bunch of money from your IRA and convert it to the Roth. And that gift that you gave to your donor advice fund can offset the tax for that large IRA to Roth conversion. So you fund your charitable intent. You avoid the capital gains on the stock that you fund it with. And then you're able to move a bunch of money from your IRA to a Roth account that's going to grow tax-free forever and also helps you reduce your required minimum distributions on your IRA.
1: That's a lot to process.
2: Yeah, there's a lot. It's the my it's the I guess funnest (laughs) type of financial planning when you're when somebody has a charitable intent. There are so many great options out there um, that you know saves in taxes, benefits the charity, creates income, other other things like that.
1: Interesting that you brought up Apple at ten dollars a share, June tenth, two thousand and ten, just thirteen years ago, roughly um now at $175 a share. Let's talk quickly and we only have about 2 to 3 minutes. Uh, let's just get into the charitable remainder trust, which is a different play than the donor advised funds. What do we need
2: Yeah, so charitable remainder trust is really I need income now. Um I have highly appreciated stock that I want to diversify, but I don't want to get killed in taxes. Um but I do have in charitable intent. I want to leave some money to charities when I pass away. So for example, if you get that million dollars of Apple stock at, you know, $10 a share cost basis, and you got, you know, I own too much of this, I need to diversify. Um, But you don't want to pay, you know, 23.8 federal taxes and 13.3% California state taxes. So what you do is you set up a a charitable remainder trust, you transfer the stock in there, um, and you start taking money out, you diversify tax, there's no current taxes, you can put the money in the charitable remainder trust, diversify it, start taking an income. Usually it's somewhere between five and 6% a year is the common amount that you're pulling out every year. Um, and you get a big tax deduction for doing that, which we often couple with that IRA to Roth conversion idea. Um, and so what happens is you have this account that you're pulling the normal draw rate that you pull out of retirement accounts. anyway, which is typically, you know, somewhere between four to 6%. And whatever's left over in that account goes to charity when you pass away. Um, so, it, 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 one of the things that you want to do is is you don't know if that charity that you love now is going to be good later. So you can actually have the ultimate charity be, be your donor advised fund. Because on your donor advised fund account, you can name the ultimate beneficiaries and change those often. If you pass away what's left in the donor advised fund, where's that eventually going to go? You get to change that. So there's a lot of flexibility with that one and a great way to produce income and get a tax deduction.
1: lot going on there we only have about a minute let's talk about the seminar and then we'll come back to some new content um seminars coming up um october 28th it's a daytime event which we haven't done in quite a while which i think we used to do more daytime events but then you and i had kids and we kind of tried to spend time with our families on weekends per se saturday october 28th 10 a.m to 12 p.m crown plaza hotel foster city uh, seven tests of retirement readiness. Um, what's the reaction you've been in, getting as you've been giving this new uh, webinar seminar?
2: Uh, well, I mean, people like checkpoints, right? That's right. Um, yes. and, and so it gives them a lot to think about, whether it's cash flow, whether it's taxes, whether it's health and, and mental <laughs> happiness when it goes into retirement hits all the high points. And then we have other events that kind of really go deeper into each of the seven items or even podcasts that go deeper into those. But it's really an all-encompassing event to give you an idea. Are you on the right track?
1: It's good to know because you don't want to retire and in- be wrong. So I think that's important. Seven tests of retirement readiness. Right you can find out more at chadburton.com. It's chadburton.com or robblackshow.com. It again is October 28th, which is Saturday, at the Crown Plaza Hotel, Foster City. I'm Rob Black. He's Chad Burton. Take a break. Be right back. This interview featured on The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more at robblack.com. Invest, earn and save those are three of the big words that i use on a regular basis um, but we have to add a maybe a word um plan or efficiently um tax use i'm not quite sure what the phrase is at this point in time cfp chad burton is with me he's talking about some of the content that he goes over on his podcast and his live seminars uh you can find out more about him at chadburton.com that's chadburton.com big event coming up october 28th of seven ready retirement readiness tests Um, So it's basically seven sections, and you should be able to pass them all if you're getting ready to retire and or consider addressing those issues sooner than later with a CFP or on your own. You can learn more about the event, October 28th, Crown Plaza. Great location right in the middle of everything in the Bay Area. You can sign up for the event 10 to noon at ChadBurton.com. Chad, we've been talking a lot about charitable issues this um, podcast broadcast. Let's talk a little bit about tax, tax loss harvesting. Tax loss harvesting. It sounds like something you should do in November because it's tied towards the harvest month. I guess it's kind of in the same vein.
2: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, between now and the end of the year, towards the end of the year, you have to be careful because um, certain mutual funds and ETFs pay dividends. And so you have to be aware of when those come in. Um, But the the idea of tax loss harvesting is you know it's been an interesting year in the market, right? The S&P 500 is up quite a bit. The Nasdaq is up quite a bit. Both indexes are still down from January for January third, 2022, right? So it's been a tech recovery, but it still hasn't recovered what it lost in 2022. So there's a lot of areas of the market. Well, for example, if you take out about seven eight stocks out of the S&P 500, the return would be would be flat to negative. Right. Um, so there are a lot of areas of the market that are slightly negative. Certain areas of small cap, which you know, fundamentally, um, yeah, they've got some headwinds, but price wise look <laughs> attractive for the very long term. But with that said, you look at your portfolio and say, okay, am I going to have any capital gains from anything that I've had to trade or trim throughout the year? So this year, for example, we've trimmed back on equities um, as the market rallied. Um, and we have, capital gains in certain accounts when we've had to rebalance and so this time of year we look at things that are there, is there anything that has showing a loss in a taxable account that we can sell to offset those gains um if you have capital losses, and you don't have any capital gains to offset that. You can carry that forward indefinitely. You can use 3000 a year against any ordinary income, but use it... You, you can bank an account. You can create a, a capital loss account, essentially, Rob, that when you retire, if you start to draw money out of your taxable accounts and, and sell stuff for a gain it's like a bank account with the IRS, right? It's, you can build up that amount. So it's, it's really saying I've got a position this year. It might be in your California tax-free bond fund showing a loss. So you could, you know, sell your California tax-free bond fund and maybe buy a California tax-free ETF, that's slightly different and bank that loss, right? You still stay in, but you in just a different, form of the investment and you can use that loss to offset other gains that you might've created on selling some S and P 500, selling some Apple, selling some NVIDIA that you trimmed. Um, So it's, it's really important to do that active loss harvesting in in a portfolio.
1: When does your year end? Is it more like December or April?
2: Uh, Well, there's, there's two really, really busy parts and one is right towards the end of the year. So our CF, our, you know, certified financial planner practitioners, our tax team, they're very busy doing for retired clients year-end tax analysis and IRA to Roth conversion analysis. Cause it's very important to do that, especially from retirement age to age 70, if that's when you're taking social security, and then it changes again at 73 when your RMDs kick in. So the golden age to really do a lot of tax planning is the date of retirement to age 70. That's when your taxes you can keep them very low and concentrate on moving money from your IRA to your Roth at a really low bracket, so that later on you've got this large tax free account that you can draw on, and way more control over your tax bracket. So, for example, let's say um, you know you retired at sixty five and you have cash that you can live off of, um, and your taxes are really low. A married couple filing jointly can have. Uh, Ninety thousand dollars plus at least about thirty thousand of a standard deduction, and pay more no twelve percent federal bra- tax twelve percent federal taxes on that eighty nine thousand that eighty nine thousand dollars of income over their standard deduction. So you can move quite a bit of money from an IRA to a Roth and be at a very low bracket. You have to work with the tax advisor. You have to realize that if you're under sixty five, there's premium tax credits for healthcare. There's there's a lot of things that go into it, but it's a really golden opportunity to think about having lower taxes for longer. You know, when you and I are working and we have a paycheck, right? We're always thinking about how do I pay the least amount of taxes this year? Once you hit retirement, it's how do I keep my taxes low for 35 years? What is the best long-term strategy now that I have a limited resource to live off of, which is my savings?
1: CFPs do a lot more than just investment advice, obviously, tax efficiency and and maximizing the years when you should do it and when you shouldn't do it. I'll be honest, Chad. um, I think that's one of the bigger things that CFPs add value to me because I don't really like taxes. And I certainly couldn't recreate this last hour that you've done with me talking about charitable gifts and tax efficiencies. Um, It's a lot of content. It's a lot of education that you have to go through. Um, Any other thoughts?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, what you said there is I run into a lot of people that they're paying, you know, 1% or more for a pie chart portfolio that's managed by somebody. And if they're not bringing up these issues and helping you with your tax planning, your estate planning, your long term financial projections, if that certified financial planner, that advisor, so-called advisor can't tell you what, um, you know, your projected tax bracket is going to be when you're 80, then you are wasting your money. Right. You should be getting all those other services for that amount of money. And so that's why it's you know, certified financial planners between the tax insurance, retirement planning, estate planning and investing. So investing is even though that's what we
1: charge on. Right.
2: That's a very small portion of what we really do.
1: Doing people's taxes to help estate planning helps. It's it's things that kind of blow me away that I've been putting off my whole life. 30. As I was accumulating wealth, so it's coming to my uh, guess harvest or it's coming to uh, time to do those services. Anyway, thanks so much, Chad. And we will see you October 28th at the Crown Plaza in San Mateo. It's the seven tests of retirement readiness. You can learn more about Chad at Chadburton.com. dot com his shows on Wednesdays usually, but his podcast is available worldwide at Spotify, Apple and other places. Uh, New Focus on Wealth with Chad Burton. I'm Rob Black. Think you're in good shape for retirement? Find
3: out how you're really doing with the seven tests of retirement readiness. Join Rob Black and CFP Chad Burton of EP Wealth Advisors Saturday, October 28th in San Mateo. They'll walk you through these seven tests to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want. Rob will provide timely commentary, and Chad will share specific strategies for taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, and more. If you have at least $500,000 in investable assets and want to retire better, Pass on your estate and minimize taxes. This event is for you. Find out if you're on the right track with the seven tests of retirement readiness, Saturday, October 28th, 10 a.m. to noon at the Crown Plaza in San Mateo. Space is limited, so sign up today at RobBlackShow.com. That's RobBlackShow.com. Can you pass all seven tests? Sign up today online at RobBlackShow.com.